the 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Craig Johnson, bringing to you this week news from the United States, Peru, and a see you in hell from Nazi Germany, Ernst Röhm, uh, originally the second most powerful Nazi. And also, just uh, while while I'm on the subject of dead right-wingers, uh, Donald Rumsfeld died this week in history. Good riddance. In the United States, we have a lot of, well, pretty shitty developments. Uh, a man named Nathan Allen has killed two black people in Massachusetts on Tuesday of this week. Uh, Nathan Allen held a PhD and was widely regarded as, you know, one of those just like nice, quiet guys, you know, apparently. Uh, he killed two black people. Um, one of them was a retired police officer. The other one was a veteran of the United States military. Uh, Alan was found with a lot of anti-Semitic shit in his house, uh, a lot of really terrible right-wing posts. Uh, he believed that white people were, quote, apex predators. Uh, additionally, in terms of right-wing military activity, you know, like actual violence, uh, an active-duty Marine is being investigated uh, by the FBI for a plan to attack the DNC, that's the Democratic National Committee, and other various uh, sites. Uh, this is reporting coming from the Daily Beast. The active duty Marine in question is named Travis Owens, uh, and he was involved with two co-conspirators, uh, one of whom was actually connected to the Atemwaffen, which is a former right-wing paramilitary organization. Uh, they are, I mean, they're a terrorist cell, essentially. They were trying to create dirty bombs and like attack crowded spaces like subways and, or, you know, Times Square, stuff like that. Uh, so Travis Owens is being investigated uh, by the FBI for these plans to attack various sources and sites of uh, left-wing power in the United States. Uh, you know, left-wing in scare quotes here, you know, we're talking about the Democratic Party. Uh, he also wanted to attack um, black and Jewish uh, people in the United States. Essentially, he and his co-conspirators uh, believe in a certain kind of race war accelerationism. Uh, accelerationism is an ideology that is present on both the left and the right. And the concept is essentially that uh, the people involved in an accelerationist organization are trying to make things worse. Uh, you know, they're trying to make contradictions or circumstances or uh, political situations a lot worse uh, so that the like eruption of violence that they think is like naturally coming uh, will just, you know, happen already. Essentially, that's what they want. These people were also influenced by the legacy of Timothy McVeigh, uh, the person behind the Oklahoma City bombings, um, which uh, McVeigh being, you know, a, a, a source of inspiration of a kind for right wing paramilitary activity in the United States. That's not particularly new, uh, but it means that these people are like true believers. Right. You know, they've done their homework. They've been paying attention. Uh, this is really disturbing terrible shit. Uh, and it's fortunate that it was caught in time, although uh, the indications are that like obviously these are not the only people who are, who are planning this kind of crap uh certainly not the only people who are directly connected to the united states military uh, as owens is um we have to expect that eventually some of these people are going to succeed uh they will perpetrate the violence that they are planning uh in somewhat less Disturbing news. Uh, Sebastian Gorka, a former Trump uh, staffer, also Tucker Carlson, the, you know, media personality from Fox News uh, and a number of other right wing personalities are claiming that the NSA is listening in on them. Uh, what the fuck? I, I don't know. I, probably it is because, you know, they're like 
arguably involving themselves in a group of people who have literally attempted to overthrow the United States government. But, you know, uh, this is interesting in terms of uh, the most recent turn on the extreme right, sort of against the military, right? Like, you know, they're they're, they're criticizing the military's, uh, you know, supposed wokeness. Um, we're going to have to pay attention to this. There, there's no conclusion to this story yet. And finally, in the United States, uh, in terms of extreme right wing news that you definitely need to be paying attention to, uh, Representative Gosar, uh, representative from Arizona, uh, is holding a fundraiser uh, today uh, on July 1st with Nick Fuentes. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, Fuentes is not a new name for you. Nick Fuentes is the most important fascist media personality in the United States period. Uh, he is massively popular online, uh, although he has been mostly deplatformed. Uh, he was originally a YouTuber, essentially, um, but has since been removed from the from the platform and is now basically relegated to Twitter uh, and his own uh, media sites and hosting. Um, Gosar has worked with and, uh, you know, been involved with the extreme right before. Uh, he went to AFPAC, the America First Political Action Committee, uh, which is something that uh, Fuentes organized. AFPAC is essentially a fascist CPAC. Uh, CPAC is the Conservative Political Action Committee. It is a um, an annual gathering of conservatives and right-wing forces in the United States um, that is not explicitly for the GOP, um, but is like you know, clearly in line with the GOP. Gosar says that he is working with Fuentes uh, in a, a self-conscious attempt to reach out to Z to Gen Z right-wingers um, because that's uh, Fuentes' base. Um, this is really disgusting and awful. I mean, this is a sitting member of Congress openly cooperating with a fascist. I mean, Nick Fuentes is a, is a fascist. He believes in uh, like violence in order to achieve right wing political ends. Uh, he is uh, extremely disturbing and disgusting in terms of his views on race, uh, queerness. He's anti-Semitic. He's a Holocaust denier. Um, and the fact that a sitting member of Congress is working with him. Well, unfortunately, it can't be a surprise to us anymore, uh, but it should mean that uh, Gosar should be removed from the United States House of Representatives. Unfortunately, that's not what's going to happen. Uh, he is going to host a fundraiser with Nick Fuentes and probably get a lot of support from his supporters. Outside of the United States, we have the ongoing fallout from the Peruvian election. Uh, Vladimir Montesinos, a former like spy master, essentially, uh, for Alberto Fujimori, the country's former and most recent right-wing dictator, uh, is uh, apparently part of a possible plot uh, to get um, Alberto Fujimori's daughter, Keiko Fujimori, uh, to actually be elected president, despite the fact that she did in fact lose that presidential election. Uh, this reporting is coming from The Guardian. Uh, so Montesinos is a former worker uh, for Fujimori's father, uh, and he was caught in a wiretap uh, arguing for bribes to help her actually win. Uh, he made a bunch of calls on her behalf despite being in prison uh, for drug trafficking. Uh, he's supposedly in a maximum security prison run by the Peruvian Navy, but, well, you know, it, it seems like he had access to a telephone to make multiple very important political calls uh, where he, he seems to imply that there was some sort of, like, like actual job, like 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 a real spy operation in order to get Fujimori to win this most recent election. Um, and he's really upset that it failed. 
It's currently unclear if Keiko Fujimori is connected to this. Uh, she spent a lot of the last couple years trying to distance herself from her father, um, but we'll have to see. This week's See You in Hell, a segment celebrating the deaths of prominent right-wing figures in history, looks at the life and death of Ernst Röhm, uh, the leader of the essay, the Sturm Battalion, uh, the Storm Battalion, uh, the original street thugs and strong arm of the Nazi party. Uh, Rome was, up until his death, the second most powerful Nazi and a real-life friend of Adolf Hitler. Like, they were like chums. They were buddies. Uh, Rome was the only Nazi who was permitted to call Adolf uh, by his name uh, instead of uh, Führer or Hitler. Uh, he was able to call Adolf Adolf. Uh, he even called him Adi. Uh, a serious term of endearment. Uh, he used personal pronouns for Adolf Hitler. Uh, the other interesting thing about Rome as an individual person is that he was a homosexual, uh, which was something that the Nazi inner circle did indeed know. More on that later. Ernst Röhm was born in Munich in November of 1887. Uh, he joined the German army before World War I and was essentially an army career man. Uh, he served on the Western Front and got very seriously injured. Uh, he also served in the Battle of Verdun, which Germany lost. Um, after Germany lost World War I, uh, he stayed in the army, uh, the reorganized Weimar Republic Army, essentially. Um, he also joined the Freikorps, uh, which is an organization that I've talked about many times in this podcast. Uh, these are uh, self-organized paramilitary units of, well, often veterans, but also like active duty German soldiers and just like right wing German people. He was part of a Freikorps unit that put down a far left uprising in Munich. Um, and then, you know, immediately after the war, essentially in 1919, 1920, uh, Rom joined the Nazi party. He was an early adopter, like one of the earliest first real Nazis. He was deeply involved in early Nazi organizing uh, and was deeply involved and connected in the Beer Hall Putsch because it was, of course, in his hometown. Um, he did not go to jail for the Beer Hall Putsch like Hitler did. Uh, he stayed around in Germany and tried to organize, you know, an alternative SA. Um, uh, which had been banned after the Beer Hall Putsch. Um, but he sort of got disillusioned uh, by German political life uh, while Hitler was in prison and actually spent a couple uh, months in Bolivia uh, where he had accepted a, um, you know, a contract to serve as a uh, military coordinator and um, consultant, essentially. Uh, however, after Hitler was released from prison, uh, Hitler made a personal call to him uh, to return back to Germany as the leader of an essentially new revamped SA. Um, Rom was part of it, like not just part of a major part of the development of the Nazi party throughout the 1920s. Uh, by the early 1930s, uh, his SA was enormous. It was like a million people. Uh, they worked with unions a lot of the time uh, against Jewish groups and against uh, the organized left. Uh, so that's socialists and communists. Uh, Rome was a real radical in the Nazi party. Uh, he was actually kind of anti-capitalist in a way that some Nazi radicals were, uh, especially earlier on uh, back in the 20s. Um, this is why he worked with unions, essentially. Uh, Rome was an organizer. Uh, he was a warrior. He was a fighter. Uh, he was well-loved uh, by uh, the people that he presided over. 
Uh, and essentially what he presided over was a, a secondary army within Germany. Uh, that was essentially what the SA was. After the Nazis actually took power in Germany uh, in the early 30s, you know, after Hitler won his election and after he became chancellor and after he transformed uh, German political life uh, to create uh, the beginnings of what would become the Nazi regime, uh, he was persuaded um, by uh, two of his advisors, whom I have talked about relatively recently, uh, Himmler and Heydrich. Uh, they convinced Hitler uh, to organize a massive internal Nazi purge uh, to kill uh, Hitler and his other allies, uh, their, their main rivals within the party. Uh, essentially, that was the SA uh, organized and run by Rome. Hitler was initially reluctant because, again, Rom was his actual real friend, like they really did like each other in real life. Um, but he decided that for political reasons, it was probably most expedient and actually useful. Additionally, uh, Rom was kind of a political nuisance uh, because of his, you know, actual relatively radical politics is, is somewhat anti-capitalist politics. Uh, this purge of the Nazi party, this internal purge has a name. It's called the Night of the Long Knives. Uh, and it happened essentially now, uh, at this point in the year, uh, in late June, early July. It was a sudden, explosive purge of SA leadership, including Rom. Uh, Rom was uh, confronted in a hotel uh, with a bunch of other SA leaders because they were, you know, they were there organizing an event. Uh, Hitler himself showed up. Uh, he flew in the morning with a bunch of uh, SS officers. Uh, if you know your Nazi history, you know that the SS eventually took the place of the SA. Uh, the SS's black shirts replaced the SA's brown shirts. Uh, if you've ever heard Nazis called brown shirts, it's because of the SA. Uh, so Hitler himself showed up uh, to arrest Rom. Uh, the people there to arrest the SA members uh, claim to have found some of them sleeping together. Um, these are male members of this organization sleeping together and engaging in, uh, sexual relations with one another. Um, this was their propagandistic justification essentially, uh, for the purge, uh, was that Rom and the other members of the SA were homosexuals and that the Nazi party did not accept that, uh, officially. Uh, Rom was arrested and put in prison. Uh, Hitler did not want him to be executed and instead ordered that Rom be given the option of suicide. Uh, Rom was offered a gun with one bullet and refused. Uh, so he was instead shot by his fellow Nazis uh, this day in history, the 1st of July, 1934. So Ernst Rom, we will see you in hell. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you found this podcast interesting, educational, useful, like, share, and subscribe. Share it with friends, family, and comrades. Uh, get folks listening uh, if you think that uh, fascism should be defeated uh, and that knowing something about it will help you do that. And if you found it especially useful, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 minutes of fascism. That's 15 minutes of fascism, all one word. Uh, I'm also on Gmail at 15 minutes of fascism at gmail.com. Uh, email me if you got questions, things you want me to cover, uh, something I fucked up on. Let me know.
Okay. Also, next week, just a heads up, I will be giving you some pre-recorded episodes uh, for the next couple weeks. Uh, so if I miss some major fascist news, uh, that's because it's pre-recorded. I will get to it uh, in mid-July. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye.